The Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today podcast is brought to you in part by Beck Dental Care, Columbia Academy, Jones and Ling Sporting Goods, Andy Wilhoit with United Country Realty, the Law Office of David A. Bates, and Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Their trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact them today at 931-381-2663 or visit mtbj.net. Tennessee Sports Today with TSWA Hall of Famer Maurice Patton. Here's Chris Yao. Good morning and welcome into Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Chris Yao here along with Mo Patton and J.P. Plant. Coming to you from each of our humble abodes. If you were on our Facebook page, you'd know that. <laughs> As you can see, if you are watching on Facebook, uh, Mo has his Braves backdrop and JP has his Vanderbilt backdrop and I have my gather sign backdrop because I'm in the kitchen. I love how everybody else has their own workspace. Me? No, I'm just in the kitchen. You uh, you couldn't take over the upcoming nursery? Uh no, that's that's where uh, that's where the wife has to work because uh, it is imperative she has a door in order to keep the uh, financial identities of her clients secret, or to keep the noise of the radio station or the radio show uh, out of her uh, her pervy her ear pervy. Is that right? I'm, I'm sure that doesn't uh, hurt. So. It's very frustrating. Very so, frustrating. So, but Mo, it sounds like Chris is exactly where he uh, needs to be. It sounds like, but but it sounds as though he's a little frustrated <laughs> with with um, some of the particulars of Mama Yao's employment situation. I can no, get that, I, I'm just sad because I don't have a cool backdrop like you guys. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> oh, well, I guess I could have got me a couple thumbtacks and. Put up, <laughs> put up a, a blanket or something, but I did not. So well, here we are. It's okay. Hopefully, hopefully, this is the last one. The last one this week. Yeah, hey, yeah. Hopefully, this is a temporary situation here. So um, things yeah. have improved apparently, or things have evolved where we typically work to the point that we can probably go back. So, I mean, yeah, temporary until. I guess I, until something else happens until I have a kid. That's true. That's true. You might want to think about getting some sort of a blanket or, you know, just some dry erase markers. You can write on the wall back behind you. That'll my name is not Woody. 
Although I could totally do that. No, it's uh, it's all right though. I, I don't mind working from home. I mean, this is fun. It's nice to be able to like, I, I can cook breakfast over here. And by cook breakfast, I mean, put an egg and some bell pepper and onions in a bowl and cheese and microwave it. That's, that's cooking breakfast, but <laughs> it's, it's delicious. And I get to eat breakfast, which is something I don't normally get to do. I don't know if you guys have been eating breakfast since you've been at home, but I have. No, I've not been eating breakfast. I've I, just been sleeping longer. I snuck in a little breakfast this morning um, and I am, I am the better for it. I'm proud of myself. Yeah. I, I don't always eat breakfast, but when I do, it's uh it's it's pretty it, it, it's pretty simple it's dosekis do. is that what you're saying yes <laughs> yes <laughs> stay hungry my friend stay hungry okay. hey hey i i wanted to bring this up early in the show because it's such a big deal uh obviously today is national signing day by the way in case anybody else uh wasn't aware it is the february national signing day typically this would be like a national holiday but obviously it's it's lost some luster with the the December signing day happening, um, but several right. folks will be signing today to uh, to play college football, and that that's great. Um, and college football. Speaking of that, yesterday EA Sports announced that they would be bringing back a college football video game uh, within the next couple of years, calling it EA Sports College Football, not NCAA football, which means it's Exactly. <laughs> let's uh, let's give it up for the man. Now, it, it it appears they're just going to work around the NCAA. They've gotten uh, they've gotten more than a hundred schools to uh, give their likenesses and logos. So they're going to generate random players, and. Everything will be random. There will be no name, names, images, or likenesses of current players. That being said, that doesn't necessarily rule out former players, I guess. Um, but I do think it's, uh, I think it's amazing that EA Sports has decided to go ahead and put this out there, even though they're probably not going to have a game for another probably two years. I would say the summer of 23 probably but uh i mean it's pretty great that ea sports is bringing back college football because apparently we you know we had an entire high school you know a high school from freshmen to seniors who never got a game and a lot of these players that's how they developed their love of football as youngsters right so mm-hmm. I'm curious how this will affect the the next generation of of college and high school football players. We'll see. Interesting thought. Not never really thought about that. I guess because I've never been a gamer as far as this goes. But that's um, I, I it it is heavily talked about it and and obviously when this announcement was made yesterday, it it reverberated you know, with folks that I never would have thought it would actually. So, so yeah, that's, that's an interesting angle, interesting concept that you point out there, Chris, I think. JP, did you play the game when you were growing up? 
you know, the I never was able to get the college football game. That was the one I always wanted. Um, I came in with the original Nintendo and then the Super Nintendo. Um, so those games kind of created my gaming experience. Um, I never got anything beyond the Super Nintendo. Didn't get a Sega Genesis. Didn't get um, uh, whatever else. All these that had this college football game, which I always wanted. Um, and I always played it when I was with you know a friend in, in college or or so that had that uh, and and that college football game was the one that that um, <laughs> if you have any gaming regrets I guess that's the one for me. Yeah, I, I mean, obviously I'm a little bit younger than you. I grew up in this SNES era, and I had that first college football game the um, the one that just said NCAA football on it. And for Super Nintendo, and I, I kind of played that a little bit. Played Bill Walsh college football when South Bend would play State College. That was always fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and then they didn't have the licenses for the for the schools. And then there was NCAA Game Breaker. That was on the original PlayStation. And that was the first one where you could have a dynasty mode where – you couldn't just pick any school to be the coach. You had to like, you only had offers from certain schools. So you could be the head coach at one place, the offensive coordinator, at maybe <laughs> two or three more, or you could, you could pick almost any school and just be their special teams coach. And all you would get to do is kick, kick pretty much. And that was no fun. So I remember like my first school, I took Nevada to like three straight national titles. Go Wolfpack. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was my early uh, NCAA, and then of course NCAA football. From there, it was it was pretty great. Um, so was, was yeah, Colin Kaepernick your quarterback? Was, was uh, Colin Kaepernick your quarterback in Nevada? No, this is like '98. This is like Ron Dane was Hello? on the cover of this thing. Oh, great! No, uh, uh, Ron Dane was on the cover of this thing, so it was it was like late '90s. Ron Dane, oh. gotcha. So. Um, yeah, I, I, I love that game, but then I got into the NCAA football and it was pretty much over from there because it was just, it wasn't necessarily a better gameplay, but it was, it was more in depth and it was a lot of fun. So we got a chance to do that. Um, anyway, so that game will come out in the next couple of years. Really excited about it, even though I probably won't have a next gen system. I'll have to go play with somebody else because i'm not going to buy a ps5 just for this game have you already um, um earmarked your friend that has this yet uh <laughs> all of my friends who who would play this uh -huh. live in alabama oh you're, you're gonna have so, to you're gonna have to create some sort of uh meet and greet in this world of pandemic to try to scope uh scope out a friend who has this you, you got you got some research to do I, I got a couple years, so I'd I'm not real now. worried about it. <laughs> uh, I'm nah. just gonna, I, I'll go with, I'll go with, and if I like it enough, maybe, but, uh, you know, don't necessarily want Charlie to be a, uh, a gamer girl growing up. So here's an idea, Chris and Mo, let me, I wonder what you think about this. You can create mm -hmm. a, um, video gaming Facebook group for new dads. Hey, there we oh, go. Wow. And and go, try to do geographic, source it out. yeah, yeah. Do a little uh, geographically, regionally close. So perhaps the odds of getting somebody within driving distance 
that you can meet up once a month and have a little session. You never know that it, it, it could work. Yep. I'm, I'm just not, I'm just not going to pay. I mean, by then, heck the PS five may be, you know, a couple hundred bucks. So after a couple of years, that's true. So who knows? It may, it may be worth it. Um, but I'm definitely a PlayStation guy, not an Xbox guy. So the Xbox controller is just crazy bulky. Not a big fan. But you would take either, right? I mean, to play the game, yeah, I'd probably yeah. figure it out. But, you know. What, what is it, Mo? Beggars can't be choosers or something like that? <laughs> exactly. There's that. <laughs> um, anyway, so really excited about the game coming back. And uh, we probably should move on to high school stuff now. But if you are excited about the game, let us know on Facebook on Twitter at SM underscore TN sports. It's going to be, we're going to be there the rest of the day until 11 AM. Again, live on Facebook, we can throw your comments on the screen. So we, we will uh, be happy to interact with you there. Uh, before we get out of here on our first break, we got a couple things we need to do. We're going to start with giving out some hardware with the players team and scholar athletes of the week. The End to Win Life Team of the Week brought to you by our friends at Custom Stone Handlers. The number three ranked Richland Boys, despite their loss to Riverdale last week, we're going to go ahead and give it to the Raiders because they have been fantastic all season long and they started a new streak right after losing. So congratulations to the Richland Raider Boys. They are our End to Win Life Team of the Week presented by Custom Stone Handlers. Our Covenant Technology Player of the Week we're reaching into the JUCO world. Columbia State Community College's Chris Nix had 25 points in the Chargers win on Saturday, Mo? Saturday, yes. On Saturday. So Chris Nix is our Covenant Technology Player of the Week. Congratulations to that young man. And finally, our Patio West Scholar Athlete of the Week, Brianna Dixon out of Kalioka. She not only has a 4.0 GPA, she is the FFA president and big fan of the future farmers of America, uh, especially out in Kalioka because we need somebody to grow those cantaloupes. Brianna Dixon, our Patio West Scholar Athlete of the Week. So there you have it. That's our hardware for this week. We appreciate it. Make sure to, if you see these folks, congratulate them on social media and in person if you see them. Now, we move on to the second half of our uh, high school coverage and give you some scores. And we got college stuff in here as well. Scores and schedules from last night and tonight on the rundown. This is the rundown. In girl action from Tuesday night, Fayetteville defeated Cornersville 52-37, Eagleville 57, Cascade 41, Huntland defeated Moore County 56-51. In District 8 AAA action, Lincoln County defeated Columbia Central 54-46. It was Shelbyville 64, Franklin County 49, and Tullahoma defeated Lawrence County 65-56. In 10A action. It was Cullioka 49, Mount Pleasant 42, Richland a 53-32 winner over Hampshire. Santa Fe fell to McEwen 55-46. 
in 8 AAA action. It was Dixon County 63, Centennial 14, Franklin a 55-25 winner over Independence, and Brentwood bested Page 68-52. In Class AA play, Franklin, I'm sorry, 47, Hickman County 30, Forest 45, Community 42, Giles County defeated Marshall County 47-32. It was Nolansville 40, Murfreesboro Central 38. And moving down to 12-1A, it was Wayne County 57. I'm sorry, Collinwood 62, Wayne County 57. Loretto a 63-11 winner over Perry County. Summertown 89, Frank Hughes 17. In Division 2A District 3, Grace Christian got a late three for a 40-39 win over Columbia Academy. And BGA fell to Webb of Bellbuckle 56-31. In boys' action on Tuesday night, Fayetteville defeated Cornersville 38-33. It was Cascade 50, Eagleville 47. Moore County defeated Huntland 71-62. Also in boys' action, Columbia Central went on the road for a 60-56 win at Lincoln County. Also in District 8 AAA, it was Shelbyville 56, Franklin County 40. And Tullahoma defeated Lawrence County 55-49. The Kalioka boys completed a huge comeback last night. In overtime, they win 60-57 over Mount Pleasant. Richland, a 59-25 winner over Hampshire. Santa Fe, 66. McEwen, 63. It was Page, 73. Brentwood, 66. And Ravenwood, 73. Summit, 61. Hickman County's boys defeated Fairview, 55-43. It was Community, 58. Forest, 39. Marshall County defeated Giles County 76-67 and Murfreesboro Central Edge Nolansville 56-52. Loretto got a big win in district play, 60-45 over Perry County. Summertown was a 68-42 win over Frank Hughes. Columbia Academy went on the road and got a win at Grace Christian, 63-55, and Webb Bellbuckle, 73, BGA, 60. In today's action at the collegiate level, Columbia State men and women travel to Volunteer State for a doubleheader. And on WKOM 101.7 FM right here, you can hear the Alabama Crimson Tide take on visiting LSU. Also in baseball today, the Columbia State Chargers travel to Rome State for a doubleheader beginning at 1 o'clock Central Time. There you have it. Last night's scores, today's schedule, all on your Wednesday rundown on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today. When we come back, it is Coach's Corner presented by From the Heart Cafe. We'll hear from Franklin head coach Jason Tiger and Centennial head coach Jeremy Moore about their game on Friday night. It's going to be a lot of fun. We talked about it a little bit yesterday. Going to get into it a little bit more today. Going to be a lot of uh, great history involved with this one. And we'll get all that information and more on Coach's Corner on the other side of this break. This is Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Stay tuned. Hey, folks. While we take a quick break from the show, I want to tell you about our friends over at Custom Stone Handlers in downtown Columbia. Ned Rich and his team at Custom Stone Handlers believe in leadership. And outside of the military, our greatest leader-building platform is sports. 
Custom Stone Handlers proudly encourages young people to get in the game. You can contact them today at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. If you've listened to this show, you know Chris and I are always down for a good meal. Recently, we learned about Patio West in Spring Hill and what a pleasure it has been. Their menu is full of seafood, burgers, and more, giving every member of your family something to enjoy. Be sure to go by Patio West Coastal and Comfort Eats located at 3011 Longford Drive in Spring Hill or visit patiowest.com and tell them the guys at Southern Middle Tennessee Sports sent you. by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. As always, Chris Yao here with Mo Patton. This morning, we are pleased and proud to have the head basketball coaches at both Franklin and Centennial High Schools joining us here on the Parks Motor Sales Hotline for Coaches Corner, brought to you by From the Heart Cafe. From the Heart Cafe in the heart of Chapel Hill, located at 4384 Nashville Highway, in Chapel Hill, make sure to go by and see Renee Hart, a Franklin alumna, and she will take care of you over there for sure. Coach's Corner brings us today Franklin head coach Jason Tigert and Centennial head coach Jeremy Moore. Coaches, welcome in. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Appreciate you guys having us. Yeah, thanks a lot. Um. You guys have a pretty special event going on on Friday night um, in conjunction with Black History Month. Um, both your teams are going to be wearing throwback uniforms to um, recognize Natchez High School, the the um, African-American high school in Franklin prior to um, desegregation that closed, I think, in 67. Um I've heard talk about this. Um, Jason, I know your assistant, Justin Anderson, was really um, heavily involved in this. And, Jeremy, I think you're, um, one of your assistant principals, Joan, was, was kind of instrumental in this. But, Justin, about Jeremy, I guess you may be a little behind the eight ball, this being your first season at Centennial, kind of um, playing catch-up in this situation. But, um just talk a little bit about this and why you both of you guys felt like this was important. Yeah, you're you're exactly right. Uh, my assistant coach, Coach Anderson, he uh, he spearheaded uh, this whole whole deal here, and we we wanted to do something to um, to, to recognize the the history uh, of Natchez High School. You know, Natchez uh, uh, being a, a Franklin High School. Uh, in the '60s, and and uh, you know, as integration before integration, um, the schools integrated, and uh, you know, it's it's a deep part of our history uh, at Franklin High School, and and kind of indirectly also Centennial as well. 
Um, and so we wanted to do something uh, special. Um, and uh, so the first thing that um, that came to mind was to, 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 to do some history on this and, and reach out to some alumni. And Coach Anderson did a really, really good job with this. Um, and um, uh, so we we will be wearing the, the colors of Natchez High School Friday night, and we hope to grow this event. This isn't this isn't a one-time deal. This is something that um, you know we've been it's been in the works for a while, and we want to grow this thing in, in a non-COVID year where it can we can bring out uh, alumni from Natchez and, and and get them to share stories of that uh, that rich history uh, that's there. And so um, uh, Friday night. Uh, We'll be Franklin High will be wearing uh, the blue tops and yellow shorts, and, and Centennial will have the yellow tops, the gold, I should say, gold tops and, and blue shorts. And uh, um, and next year this event will will go to uh, we'll, we'll do this Centennial. That's pretty slick, and and I got a chance. I think Justin had the um the mock-ups on his, um, on his phone when I saw him Friday night out at independence and, you know, the, the uniforms did not say Natchez anywhere on them. It was just a big number on the chest. And so, um, you guys were pretty true to that and, and stayed pretty close to the uniforms, including the shorts is what I understand. Um, Jeremy, how, how are your guys feeling about those, um, 60 style shorts? Oh man, they'll enjoy them. You know that's the that's the new thing. Or have they seen them yet? No, they have not seen them yet. We will uh, we'll kind of break them out maybe uh, right before pregame or something like that. But you know, thank thank goodness that that's the that's the new style now. So even with the shorts we wear, they roll them roll them up a couple times, and uh, I guess they kind of like to uh, show off their hard work in the weight room. I guess. Um, but no, I mean, just to piggyback a little bit off what Coach Tiger was talking about, you know, we don't want this just to be a um, one-game thing. We're using it as a learning tool um, for, you know, for our kids and for our community. So definitely, I, I cannot take credit for uh, any of the planning part that's been done, I think, past couple of years. But we're looking looking forward to the event and uh, getting as many of those folks out, you know, as we can to honor them and, and just, um, re, you know, represent our com- community and, and what our community is about. Coaches, we, do you expect to have um, some of these, the, the graduates of Natchez on hand Friday? We, this year is, is, is tricky with, with who is being um, allowed into gymnasiums with our our regulations uh, due to COVID, um, and so you know, in in the future we, we expect to, to have a, a big number. Um, and but as a Friday night, that that number will be uh, much smaller as, as we are limiting um, capacity to mostly uh, family members of players this year, and it's just. It's unfortunate um, um, that it worked out this way. Obviously, we planned this. We started for this well before uh, I'd ever we'd ever heard of COVID, and so we have you know bigger vision for the for the for the whole week. To be honest, uh, where we we can get out and bring people in and and uh, have a banquet type of 
a setting. Um, but that just, uh, unfortunately, with, with the restrictions right now, we can't do that. I do want to touch on one other thing as far as the uniforms go, though. We, uh, Justin, with his research, was able to uh, find a, a number of uh, players that played for Natchez and were actually using their numbers. And so uh, these numbers are not were not random. Uh, for example, the legendary uh, uh, Fred Lane Sr. wore uh, number 25. And so that's one of the jersey numbers that both both a player for Centennial and Franklin will be representing. It looks like we've lost Mo momentarily, guys. But that's very, that's really exciting. You know, I, I I know that with Black History Month and everything that goes along with that, sometimes it can be. Um, a really good learning tool for your kids. And like you said, you plan to use this as a learning tool. Uh, how do the kids feel about this particular idea? Obviously they haven't seen the uniforms and that sort of thing, but are they in excited about it and into it as, as much as the coaches are? Yeah, I can definitely speak for, for my guys at Centennial and, um, you know, they've been talking about it for the past four or five days and, um, you know, we, we've actually started to do some do some research and things on on the old Natchez High School and, and you know what it was about and the community and everything like that. And you know, one thing that we thought was kind of funny or ironic, I guess, is you know, in 1965, the class motto was "The task of today is the challenge of tomorrow," and you know that still rings pretty true today. So our kids are definitely looking forward to uh, you know just to to learning more about it and learning more about their community. And then we'll hopefully we'll cap it off with a pretty competitive game on Friday night. Our kids are very excited as well. They're very, they're very, um, uh, well, one time, anytime, you know, kids get to wear new uniforms, that's exciting, but they're just exciting, uh, excited that they, we can do something to, to honor um, uh the, the graduates of, of Natchez, our, our former principal, Ms. Dickerson, was was in that last graduating class, and, and she's a huge basketball fan, and I know keeps up uh, with, with with Franklin now. She's moved on to uh, a position in the central office, but um, um, she's huge basketball fan, and and, and someone that the, the kids, my kids, really really looked up to. Uh, she's watched them play over the years. Coach Tiger, you you have had a fantastic year thus far, sitting at nineteen and two, ten and one in the district. I think it's a fourteen game or so winning streak. But Centennial gave you a pretty competitive game last time. It was a sixty-seven sixty-two win over at Centennial. Even though you're sitting at ten and one in the district, it still feels like anybody on any given night can get a win. How do you keep your guys uh, focused on Friday? Well, it's uh, Friday night. It's not. It's not difficult to get the guys fired up for uh, any time we match up with Centennial. It's, it's interesting this rivalry. Uh, you know, if you, you talk to parents and, and, and those folks, that they really get fired up for Brentwood. But the kids, the students, uh, it, it's it's all about Centennial, and so it's it's not a difficult task whatsoever. Uh, to get the guys as far as at least fired up 
for our opponent, uh, and they're well aware that Centennial is more than capable of knocking us off if, if we do not uh, uh, play well. Conversely, Coach Moore, I mean, you guys are, are definitely planning to give them your A game, I'm sure. Uh, how do you, you know, give your kids the confidence in pregame to feel like they have a chance to win? You know, hopefully we'll do that um, on the practice for a couple of days before, you know. Um, I, I just, we don't feel like that uh, confidence is something that you can just talk about and things like that. You know, you have to really believe it. You have to feel it in your heart. But, uh, you know, I think our kids believe that we have we have a chance to, to go compete. And, and, you know, if we can put our best foot forward and maybe make them make some miscues, you never know what the result will be. But, you know, I think here, um, you know, our, our kids are looking forward to the game and we've been able to, to win a few here. So I think our confidence level is probably higher right now than it has been all year. And we just hope we can carry that into Friday and through Friday night. Yeah, a couple of tight ones. The overtime win by two points against Summit and then you went over to Independence and got a two-point win as well. So I guess your team is – figuring out how to win a little bit. And I'm sure that's a, it's a positive for you getting closer to tournament time. Yeah, you know, for sure. I mean, our goal every year is to, is to start peaking, uh, you know, first, first week of February or so and, and be right for the district tournament. And this year has been a little bit um, more challenging for us just being my first year and, you know, not having a, a summer and not having a, an off season like a normal year that, but, everybody's had to kind of deal with the same thing. So, um, you know, for the most part, we've gotten through that stretch, and I think we're, we're playing um, our best basketball right now. Well, it's going to be a great game on Friday night. Appreciate you guys hanging out with us here on Coach's Corner on the Parks Motor Sales Hotline as well. Uh, it'll be Centennial at Franklin on Friday night, girls at 6 o'clock. Uh, you talked about those, uh, Coach Tiger. You talked about those restrictions. The restrictions right now. Are you guys selling a limited number of tickets, or are you uh, still limiting to um, player player lists? We we we've gone back to basically what the policy was before uh, the governor's uh, executive order, and so um, I think it's four four family member, uh, four tickets uh, per player. Um, and, and we are encouraging that to be family members. Um, cheerleaders are now uh, are able to come back, so that's exciting. So they're also included in that, that list. So they, their family members will also be uh, in attendance. So that really, when you add, when you add that up, JV parents, and, and ninth grade parents and varsity parents and, and family members, uh, that that capacity, you're you're almost there already uh, when you multiply that times both teams. And so, uh, and then also uh, including media and that kind of thing. So, yeah, it's unfortunate that we can't get, uh, you know, a packed house, which would be uh, in a non-COVID environment, but maybe next year at Centennial when we do this, We'll be through this, and, and we'll have a sellout. I certainly hope so, coaches. Thank you guys so much for joining us. We appreciate it, and uh, good luck on Friday night. We will certainly be keeping an eye out for 
the not just the results board, but for what uh, it brings to the community. So thank you guys for doing this. It's going to be really exciting. And thanks for joining us on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports today. Thank you. All right. That is Coach Jason Tigert of Franklin and Jeremy Moore of Centennial as they their boys' teams will honor Natchez High School on Friday night with wearing of the Panthers uniforms. It's going to be a lot of fun. If you get a chance to be out there, be out there. If not, I'm sure it's going to be on NFHS or somewhere else. When we come back, talk about some hoops from last night. A lot of big comebacks were the story of last night. And some were completed and some were not. We'll talk about both on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint, when we come back after this. When we're out covering sports in and around Murray County, communication between Maurice and I is absolutely vital to our success. When your business needs top-notch communication and local service, Covenant Technology is there and they are dedicated to helping your business succeed by ensuring open lines of communication to your clients and customers. Contact them today at 615-846-9898 or visit covenanttechnology.net. Middle Tennessee Sports Today, the sports talk show you've always wanted. Another Middle Tennessee Sports Today presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Chris Yao, J.P. Plant, we're patiently awaiting the return of the Hall of Famer. Hey, uh, Chris, Yeah, I got a message from Mo, and um, okay. he, sends, he sends this out. Um, <laughs> a little, uh, little message from the spinners. Oh dear! Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep. <laughs> We're waiting. We most working hard. There you go. <laughs> he, that's exactly what he said too. He's working his way back. Yeah, exactly. That's, so that's so fantastic. There you go. All right, um, man. Let me tell you, JP. Last yep. night was a wild night for high school hoops in Murray County. What if I told you that with six minutes to go in the game, Mount Pleasant led Kalioka by 20 points and lost? Uh, sounds like a 30 for 30. What if I told you? <laughs> yes. Good stuff. Uh, it was wild, man. So Mount Pleasant gets up, to, uh, they get up seven at, in the first, well, up eight in the first quarter. And, um, held that lead at halftime. So they were up eight at halftime. Jump out 14 to five, outscore Kalioga 14 to five in the third quarter. So now they're up 17 with six minutes to go. They take a 47, 37 lead. 
And then you you blink, and Kolioka's tied the ball game, headed to overtime. <laughs> Outscored Mount Pleasant twenty six to nine in the fourth quarter, and then eight to five in overtime for a six to fifty seven win. Uh, big night for Cooper Parks. His his twelve points among those twelve points was a late three in the fourth quarter, which gave him one thousand points for his career. So. That was an exciting moment, kind of lost in the shuffle of the excitement of the win. Um, but congratulations to Cooper Parks for going over that. Landon Andrews had 20 points for the Warriors. Almost said Blue Devils. <laughs> <laughs> Freudian slip, maybe? <laughs> <laughs> maybe. Oh, Kentre Frierson had three three-pointers and had 20 points as well for Mount Pleasant in the loss, but that was a tough one. That was not the only massive comeback because – But wait, while, there's more. But we, Exactly. While Kalioka outscored Mount Pleasant 26-9 to nine in the fourth quarter, Santa Fe outscored McEwen 24-9 to nine and got a 66-63 to, to win behind – and get this, the second time this year that eighth grader Auden Slaughter – has outscored his brother, Andy Slaughter. Auden had 18 last night. Andy had 15. Auden had six in the fourth quarter. Andy, I think, had eight. But um, just crazy how last night was a a night for for comebacks, especially massive comebacks. There's Mo. Welcome back in, Mo. We appreciate you, uh, (laughs) you getting that internet issue worked out. We were just talking about how Alden Slaughter has uh, outscored his brother twice now. <laughs> yeah, it's got to be fun in that household these days. Uh, Alden had four three-pointers last night. Of the of the Wildcats, 10. Andy had a couple as well. Weston McClanahan with two. Uh, but big comeback, 24-9 to nine in the fourth quarter to get that 66-63 win for Santa Fe. Um, two big comebacks last night. It, that was it was the night of the comeback because in my game there was also a comeback in the girls matchup as Grace Christian led for most of the game in the girls game. Uh, they were actually up um, sixteen to twelve at halftime, and then Columbia Central, or I'm sorry, Columbia Academy uh, took the lead in the third quarter and held it for most of it, except the last ten seconds of the game when. Um, Campbell Spencer from Grace Christian knocked down a three with 10 seconds to go and the lady dogs couldn't answer. And Grace got a 40 to 39 win uh, against Columbia Academy last night. So those are three comebacks that did happen. There was one major comeback that almost (laughs) happened. And you saw that one over at Ravenwood where summit trailed at one time by 24. Is that correct? Yeah, they were down 42, 18 at the half after trailing 12, 10, at the end of the first quarter, Destin Way picked up a couple of fouls in that first quarter, did not play at all in the second. And um, that was kind of felt on the offensive end, particularly as they went one shot on a lot of their second quarter possessions and Ravenwood able to take advantage, stretched it out to 42-18 at the half. Destin gets back in. Key, Trey Hunter, Kaneda Wirtz. Engineer comeback. They get it down to six in the fourth quarter, but that was as close as they could get. And Ravenwood eventually pulled it out for a 73 61 win. But um, 
And I, I think Jim Faye saw some good things there in the second half. Wasn't real pleased, obviously, with the first half performance. But, um, you know, this, this Summit team, I think somebody's going <laughs> to wish they didn't have to play them once the postseason gets going because this is a dangerous bunch. Don't let that 5-10 and 10 record fool you. Yeah, and not just that, Mo, but this is a team that has played in the regional tournament and the sub-state. I mean, they've been there, so they know how to get there. They know how to win. And that's not a team that you want to see in tournament time finding their groove. Yeah, and, you know, there are still some guys that can help them do that. You know, Andrew Smith knocked down a couple of big baskets last night. Alex Pollard with uh, three threes for for summit in that one so they've got some guys around the perimeter that can make you pay if you concentrate too much on wade and hunter in the middle and then um Faye was really complimentary of canada Wirtz out out at the top offensively for them last night and so um you know you feel like it's there it's just a matter of doing it consistently for 32 minutes with this bunch right now yeah obvious with uh with the issues that they had, I say issues, the fact that they didn't have their entire team, you know, for much of the preseason. And then you don't get them back until mid December. Then you add COVID on top of that. And and that's part of it because um, Faye was talking last night about, you know, the, the inconsistency of the roster. There were a couple of guys last night that he expected to have, that he didn't have. And so, you know, so much shifting on the fly from a personnel standpoint, really kind of taking a toll on this team. Yeah. It's taking a toll on everybody, but specifically summit who again had to, you know, the, the vast majority of their team, they were playing with the JV team before the football team came back. So I say JV team, the majority of those players would not have seen much varsity action. It turned out, that they were able to find some contributors through that, uh, one being uh, Alex Pollard. Uh, but for the most part, this is not a – they weren't on the they, – they weren't necessarily going to be contributors on the varsity team um, as the preseason got started. Under, under optimal circumstances, yeah. Right. So, again, they're, they're kind of starting to find their groove. You know, they, they almost got the – win forced overtime against Centennial after losing to them earlier this year by 10 or so. Um, This second time through the district, they are certainly showing some improvement, and I expect to see uh, Summit make – they'll probably play a a little bit of spoiler. Uh Uh-oh. It's just time to go. I thought I'd play this out uh, since Mo has worked his way back to us, babe. I'm so glad that he has. (laughs) Anyway. By the spinners, Mo. That's why JP makes the big buck. It is. (laughs) No, it's a big rest of the show for you. We've got Joe Campbell of the Music City Fire coming up. We'll talk uh, Vandy's coaching staff is rounding out. So there's that. And on top of that, we'll also talk a little bit about uh, signing day and some of the folks around here who have been able to make choices to play at the next level. So we'll be right back on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Stay tuned. Been paying
The Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today podcast is brought to you in part by Beck Dental Care, Columbia Academy, Jones & Lang Sporting Goods, Andy Wilhoyt with United Country Realty, the Law Office of David A. Bates, and Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. Specializing in orthopedic injuries, their ortho-quick walk-in service lets you bypass the ER. Visit them online at mtbj.net. Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today with TSWA Hall of Famer Maurice Patton. Here's Chris Yao. Welcome back into Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Chris Yao, Mo Patton, J.P. Plant with you here as always. Coming to you from each of our humble abodes. Having a lot of fun today. Even though we have had some issues here and there. I am on a holy a whole different system today than I have in the last two days. Mo lost connection on uh on that second segment. It's just, you know, we have to work through some things. We're we're having to deal with adversity here, Mo. And, and you know, sometimes to be able to talk about and report on football and basketball teams dealing with adversity, you have to go through a little bit as well. <laughs> It it helps you understand the folks that you're dealing with, I guess. So yeah, that's that's one way to look at it. Speaking of speaking of dealing with adversity, um, our guest on the Parks Motor Sales Hotline right now is Music City Fire indoor football coach Joe Campbell, um, entering his second season in that position. But I think they got maybe two games in last year because of the adversity that they had to deal with, with the, um, the outbreak of the coronavirus pandemic. Coach Campbell, good morning. Good morning, guys. How's everybody doing? Everybody's good, man. Um, take us back to, to last March. How many games did y'all get in last year? Well, that's what I was going to do when I was going to correct you uh, because I'm right now contemplating on retirement. Retiring, <laughs> we played one game. I'm, I'm going to go out one and zero, uh, and we played. We was able to play one game, and then COVID hit, and uh, we didn't get to finish the season. And um, you know, it, it was it was frustrating because it, while I'm harping on on the guys not going back to last year, and you know, we we did put a pretty good product out on the field, and we was able to beat. Uh, the, the Ironman, West Michigan Ironman, who were picked to win it uh, last year and had not lost a, had only lost one home game in three years. So we went up there and was able to beat up on them pretty good. And uh, that just sent the, you know, it, it went through the roof and then it was all of a sudden they just cut the lights out. <laughs> it's uh, unfortunate when you have to deal with stuff like that. I know the, the, the West Michigan Ironman have, they, they've played in a couple different leagues and have been very successful in those leagues. Uh, what league will you guys be playing in in the upcoming season, Coach? The AAU, which is the same, the exact same league we played in last year. Now, what scares me is because, you know, people get excited. I mean, winning cures everything. And, and it wasn't – I don't think it was just it was the fact that we won that, get, that first game. But I was more concerned with, how we looked as an outfit 
going into the first game. So, you know, even if we had lost, you know, when you're a, when you're a new franchise, you want to put a good product out on the field. Like, you know, if everybody's supposed to go right, we want to be going right. You know what I mean? If we don't want mismatched uniforms or mismatched, you know, we want to look like a good outfit. And I, I think it starts there. So, you know, when I go from, I, I kind of go from the ground up, you know, foundation, everything. And so we looked like a 10-year a, a franchise. And I think when you look good and play play well, uh, I think it took the, it, the league was taken aback. I mean, I looked at the, uh, the, the the social media page for the league, and everybody's like, "Who is who is this New York City team?" And you know, yada yada. So we we've, we've had uh, offers from the I think the next league up was like the old Arena One type level, and uh, they wanted us to move up. And I'm like, "Hey, hold on, <laughs> hold on, easy, that big guy." So you know, we want to make sure we can come out and um, kind of recapture that magic, but at the same time. I want the guys to understand that it's not just, you know, you got to go out and do it again. Hello? Joe, Joe, I believe we uh, may have temporarily lost our connection okay. with Chris and Mo. JP here with you uh, as, as you're talking about, um, you know, the, the opportunity to, to move up or not to move up. Um, I, how much of a process is that, though, uh, in those decisions? That can't be an easy thing, and there's got to be a lot of preparation that goes into something like that, correct? Right, exactly, and it's not an easy thing. And, uh, you know, uh, our owner, I was talking with, with him, and, and, you know, I always told him Bobby divorces that I said, listen, you know, he, he's a young guy, and he's really excited. And I said, listen, I'm going to spend your money the way I would spend my money. And so, you know, we have to look at it. And, and I said, you know, moving up would be, it, 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 it's a two-headed sword. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you, you, you never know. And I said, if you, if you want to sit and stay at this level and, and get some roots, you know, let some roots grow in, I'm not going to be mad at you. I said, you know, we, we don't want to put the cart before the horse. We wanna, I, I, like, I like everything even Steven. I like steady. I'm fine with steady. I don't have to be through the roof. I don't want to be through the roof and I don't want to be, you know, under the ground, but I like steady. And so I said, I think if we come and play next year with the way I thought we were going to finish out the first year, if we do that the second year, then you make him look into moving up. But I said, I, you know, I want to, I want to make sure we're solid before we do anything like that. All right, Joe, I believe we have Chris and Mo back with us. Uh, Chris and Mo, you guys uh, back in, you want to continue your conversation with Joe Campbell? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We we are back, and we do want to continue our conversation with Joe. Um, All right. Thanks, thanks for man. With us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, Joe, what what prompted me to reach out to you? Apparently, you guys have tryouts this weekend. Right. Uh, we we do have a kind of an open uh, trial where we want to get a look at. You know, you never stop looking for talent, and uh, I thought we overall we put a you know, we put a pretty good product out on the field, but there's always a couple of areas where you want. We we actually lost our dad gum PJ. We, uh, we we lost our quarterback. You know, and uh, he played so well that uh, the, the, the a professional team from I think Germany signed him. So when I was feeling great about my quarterback situation, now all of a sudden he's gone, and so we got to get a we, we need a quarterback. You know, I, I always. I was a skilled guy, but I, I'm always partial to linemen. So uh, we actually lost a lineman or two and looking for some linemen and 
you know, so just a couple of things. If we can plug them in and let them play, it'd be great. But, yeah, we're going to gonna get a look at some guys Sunday. Okay. When 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 you refer to P.J., you're, you're referring to P.J. Settles, former Ensworth quarterback who played collegiately at center. Is that right? Uh, where did P.J.? Uh, I think so. I think so. Yeah. Uh, PJ, so, uh, I called him. He had, he had yellow cleats when I, <laughs> it took me about a month to learn PJ, to remember PJ's name because he, it's amazing what winning to do. I mean, he had yellow cleats on, so I just called him yellow shoes. Uh, and I don't know if I'm yet, uh, you know, CT or what. So it's hard for me to remember stuff. So I just called him yellow shoes, but I, I, I remembered his name after that first game. I tell you that <laughs> he played a hell of a game. What are you what are you guys looking like at quarterback? I mean, I'm sure you've you've developed some options since his departure, but um, what what have you come up with there? Uh, Mo, right now, maybe me or you could play quarter. It's, oh. We we don't have anything right now. Therein lies the challenge. Uh, you know, now hey, we've Chris, got a bunch of hopefuls. Chris, <laughs> 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 hey, look, don't say that because Chris will try to suit up and call his own plays, man. I mean, he. That guy is the uh, Tom. He's the Tom. He's a poor man's Tom Brady. A very poor man's Tom Brady. But, uh, yeah. Chris, Chris thinks he. The one thing Chris is not uh, short of is confidence. Now I'm gonna tell you, I, and I'm so happy to have Chris, man. Chris, you know when when I got this gig, it was it was kind of you know we were going back and forth, going back and forth, and I was like, yeah, you know I don't have time. I got. You know, my other five boys and four of them playing ball, playing ball. Harry Potter's not playing. But, you know, I got my other four boys playing ball, and I'm going to practices here. And then me and my wife were having to meet up, switch kids, switch cars, and do stuff. So I just didn't think I had the time. And uh, so when I got the gig, they said, listen, you know, because uh, they already had a guy who was going to do it. That didn't work out. So they're like, well, we got these coaches. You know, if I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it right. So I had a complete staff already in mind. And so they was like, well, can you just get a look at these guys? Because, you know, we got them under contract. Now, if you want to find them, it's all on you, Joe. But we really like to just start out. So I said, listen, I said, I'll take a look at the guys. I said, all it does is buy me another year on my contract. Because if I lose with your guys, that doesn't count for me. Because, you know, I wouldn't go keep anyone, any of them. So I got looked at Chris, and he's so silly and goofy, man. And, and he keeps he keeps everything funny and uh he actually turned out to be a good play caller which kind of shocked me you know what i'm saying because he's just so silly but uh, i have ultimate confidence in chris uh i like what i do on defense i put myself up against anybody so you know that first game looked well so uh, but we want to keep chris in on the sideline we don't want him suiting up at all <laughs> you do have one um one local guy who i know that you and i have talked about and you're pretty excited about having back and that's um that's receiver Dre Hall from here in Columbia. Oh yeah, man, I, I love Dre. Uh, Dre is one of those guys. He he's like a because here's what I had coming at the beginning. I don't know if any of these guys can play. You understand? I, I had I'm new to everybody. I hadn't seen them play. Uh, everybody looks good with shorts on and helmets, you know. And so uh, Dre came out. We had a guy. Uh, was Patrick, who played at Tennessee State, who had a monster of a game that first game, and then you got Dre, who just Dre is just solid. He, he, you know, he's just a guy that's gonna he's gonna catch the ball. You know, he's gonna have his six, seven, eight catches. You know, and it, it may not be in the 
uh, in the uh, unique fashion that Patrick had his, but he just, I just feel so. When I look out on the field and Dre's out there, I feel good and safe. So, yeah, I'm going to, I look forward to having Dre, man. And he's a great guy. Great guy. Uh, he had a little surgery and he was, he was, had surgery on his finger and he was, you know, telling me, I, Coach, I'm probably going to miss this little. We had a workout that we we're going to do, and he's like, he was all nervous. I'm like, I said, man, let's get your finger right. I'm not worried about. I worry about a lot of things. Dre's not one of them. <laughs> Joe, when you mentioned that everybody looks good in shorts, it reminded me that you um you played for the inimitable Boots Donnelly at MTSU, uh, yeah. where where both of y'all are in the Hall of Fame. But yeah, what do you feel like as a coach? You take from having played for Boots? Oh, goodness. Uh, so much, Mo. Uh, and, and you know, when I talk about Coach Donnelly, it, it's, uh, we're actually supposed to be going to lunch Monday. Um, I, talk, I like to talk about, because there's a lot of guys that when they talk about a coach, they say he was like a father to me. And Coach Donnelly wasn't like a father to me because I had a great father, but he was an extension. He was more like an extension of the great father that I had. You know, does that make sense? I don't know. If, you know, mm-hmm. so it wasn't a story of the kid with no, I wasn't a story of the kid with no dad that needed, you know, the, 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 the great white hope to come in and save my black behind. You know what I mean? Like my father was great. And he and coach Dolly saw eye to eye on everything. And so when I, I never did when I signed with middle, he was like, oh man, that guy's crazy. Why are you going up there? And he's this and that. You know, so I looked and I said, well, you know, he, he can't shoot me anything. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you know, he has a football. I'm going to run it. And to the best of my ability, and hopefully we'll be able to meet in the middle somewhere. And when I, when I met Coach Don, I mean, everything that he was asking of his players and his team was the same things that my father would ask of me. You know, he was a disciplinarian, but... I was already used to that. So the things that I picked up from Coach Dollar, I would say, is one, uh, you know, he, he, loved an under, he loved the underdog. And so I don't mind taking a chance on a guy that's, that's hungry, that's an underdog. Another thing was his toughness. And then it helps when you hear about, like a lot of times people have these coaches, and you don't know, you know, I always look, look like to check a coach's bio. Like, you know, before you started yapping at me, what did you do, you know? And, uh, man, I heard Coach Donald was one of the toughest DBs that he was one of the toughest football players that made. So, uh, I say, you know, discipline, uh, always pulling for the underdog, and preparation is, is the three things that I learned mostly from Coach Donald. And I'm thankful to him for that. Speaking with Joe Campbell on the Parks Motor Sales Hotline, Joe is the head coach for the Music City Fire of the American Arena League now. Anybody who's listened to this show knows that I have a vast, extensive knowledge of minor league <laughs> indoor football leagues. And um, like you said, Coach, as much as we know the NFL is a quarterback game, there's no other professional football league that uh, is so dependent on the quarterback than indoor football. So oh, really, ho- really hoping that you're uh, – <laughs> Your your situation gets better. When do you guys expect to start your season? Probably. Uh, what is this? Actually, well, we're supposed to start late March. Uh, we started March the sixth last year, and we're set. 
I don't know the exact date. I, we've got a full schedule, and it's not right in front of me. But uh, I think it's like the last week of March, maybe the last weekend of March we're supposed to start. Now, we've got a full schedule. Uh, we're ready to – we'll be ready to roll. Uh, COVID may have something. I'm, I'm hoping COVID doesn't interfere. But as you know, that thing is – that COVID deal is fluid and changes every day. And um, our home venue, which is Williamson County Ag Building, they know we're set to go. Uh, so hopefully, you know, now we, we have to abide by all the statutes and rules and everything that each city has, and it's going to be tough. Uh, but we're, we're ready to go, and we've got a full uh, full schedule and ready to, ready to get started. So you do expect to be able to play at the Ag Expo Center as of right now? As of right now, we do. Uh, now, Fantastic. I, I could get off the phone with you guys and that could change today <laughs> you know there's unfortunately but as of right now we, we're, we're expecting to go and i just i can't wait um i you know like i said i was very hesitant hesitant on doing this and man it just you know when you're a competitor i, I was it, once i started doing this i said this is what i was missing in my life you know i got my my life is full of beautiful kids beautiful wife and everything this is what i was missing and so I was so happy and excited to get back out there, man. I had to take a moment when we did the, uh, the introductions at the first game, and I was like, man, this is what I was missing. So hopefully we'll be ready to roll when the season starts. And your coaching staff will still include uh, – you'll have Michael Reese as your receivers coach, Cromwell Stewart as defensive backs, and Ahmad Childress doing uh, as your line coach and assistant head coach. Is that correct, along with Chris Hughes? That's, that is correct. And our main goal is to keep Chris Hughes out of uniform and on the sideline. For now. Um, For I, now. You but, might you might take Ahmad Childress, though. <laughs> hey, you might put him you in seen, as listen, listen, if we could do like on the Wizard of Oz and put his heart into somebody, we would have to do that. Have you seen Ahmad walk? I mean, man, he's beat up worse than I am, man. Ahmad <laughs> is, you know, Ahmad definitely needs some joint replacements and some, you know, some love and some ligament love and everything, man. That dude is, you know, God bless him. I, I thought I was bad. But I, I, I never forget one day of practice. You know, we were done practicing and we had a, a guy that came in to speak to the team. And I looked over at Ahmad, man, and he was in so much pain, I went and got him a chair. So he could sit down. And you're talking to the guy that's had one hip replaced, bone on bone, and my L4 on my back, and my other hip, my right hip needing to be replaced. I looked at Ahmad, you know, and I went and got him a chair. So, yeah, I, if we could put his heart and his mind in somebody else, we'd be ready to roll. Because with that body is, it wouldn't last a warm-up. Uh, no doubt. But he was, he, was, he was a warrior, man. Absolutely. A former Alabama defensive lineman, Ahmad. Childress, um, yes. one last thing for me, Coach, you know, when you talk about professional indoor football, this – one thing that people need to know is it, it may not be outdoor football, but it's still real football. I mean, you guys – Oh. You've got prof- you former something. professional and D1 guys out there. Oh, yeah, no doubt. Uh, D1 guys out there, guys that have had stints with NFL teams. But I will say this. I've, I've been blessed and fortunate enough to play. I've, I've played a little NFL ball. I've played CFL ball. Uh, and I played arena football. Arena football is by far the most physical form of football that, that is to be played. I'm telling you that now. I, I, I'm, 
I didn't even really get injured until I started playing arena football. I mean, you got excellent athletes that are on a smaller field and with a wall on the side of it, it's surrounding it. And there's no way to not get hit. Like, when you play on a big field, 11-man football, you, you got guys like, I mean, guys like Deion Sanders that, you know, they they were able to make a living basically without getting hit. I mean, that doesn't happen in, in arena football. So it is definitely physical. You definitely have great athletes out there. Um, uh, what's the kid's name? Uh, one of my de- one of my defensive backs. Uh, I call him Chopper. I give all my guys nicknames, so I, it, it helps me without so I don't have to remember the names. But you know, we got kids. Uh, uh, what is his name? Jesus. I call him Chopper, but he's uh. He was, you know, on the Kansas City Chiefs radar for the practice roster last year. And he's done, done a great job for us uh, this year. I mean, we did a great job for us last year, depending on him to be do the same thing this year. I mean, you got guys that, that you know, with, with D1 guys and, and NFL guys out there. So it's definitely real football. No question. Hopefully you were able to get your season started in late March, Coach, at the Williamson County Ag Expo Center, Music City Fire of the American Arena League is going to be a lot of fun. If it gets started, Coach, I promise you, I will be there. Whatever hey, it takes, you, you, I will be in the if stands. If it gets started, you come there, and I got the first round. First round will be on me. I hey, think they sell beer at the, at the Ag <laughs> Mo, don't they sell beer at the Ag Center? I don't. If they don't sell it, we'll figure something out. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, the first round. How do we do that? The first round's on me, guys. And, and once we get that first home win, I'm lighting up a nice stogie right there in the accent, and I'll take my punishment, <laughs> whatever it's going to be. All right. <laughs> Sounds good. Hey, um, Music City All Fire right. head coach Joe Campbell. We appreciate you coming on with us on the Parks Motor Sale Hotline, Joe. All right. Thanks for having me, guys. All right. And when we come back, we're going to uh, talk a little bit about Vanderbilt's coaching staff as it has rounded out and getting ready to go. Uh, I know JP's excited about talking about uh, the new offensive coordinator and more. So we'll talk about that. A couple of signings this morning on National Signing Day. Uh, we'll alert you to who some of those are on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Stay tuned. Hey folks, while we take a quick break from the show, I want to tell you about our friends over at Custom Stone Handlers in downtown Columbia. Ned Rich and his team at Custom Stone Handlers believe in leadership. And outside of the military, our greatest leader building platform is sports. Custom Stone Handlers proudly encourages young people to get in the game. You can contact them today at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. If you've listened to this show, you know Chris and I are always down for a good meal. Recently, we learned about Patio West in Spring Hill and what a pleasure it has been. Their menu is full of seafood, burgers, and more, giving every member of your family something to enjoy. Be sure to go by Patio West Coastal and Comfort Eats located at 3011 Longford Drive in Spring Hill or visit patiowest.com and tell them the guys at Southern Middle Tennessee Sports sent you.
high school sports. Here's Mo and Chris. Welcome back into Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joints. It is National Signing Day here on this Wednesday. It's going to be a big day for a lot of kids in the high school world as they make decisions that will affect the rest of their lives. As many of them will be signing national letters of intent to choose the college they will finish their hopefully finish their careers at <laughs> now with the transfer portal that changes a little bit. Um, <clears throat> Bethel University just announced the official signing of Class Six A uh, Mister Football finalist Ray Banner, running back out of Laverne, who I saw play against independence earlier this year the eagles fairly well shut him down but uh still going to be a big pickup for bethel um oddly enough for, they i'm sorry went go ahead. more than 1700 yards in 11 games didn't he that's it's a solid solid year absolutely yeah. uh, and that's their hashtag built solid <clears throat> with the two as the s and the one as the i 21 like that's good okay. it's good everybody's doing these number word things i'm like man i used to do that back when i had aim on <laughs> that <laughs> was my, your age. my my aim screen name had numbers as letters and whatnot um oddly enough they also announced a guy from bob jones high school who lists his hometown as phoenix city alabama and if he can and if he uh Commuted from Phoenix City to Madison. That's a that's a heck of a commute every day. That is a heck of a commute. <laughs> I think one of those two is wrong. I don't know which one it is. <laughs> yeah, pick one. Yeah. <laughs> oh, but also we got to give a shout out to our our favorite punter, Brett Hughes, who signed with Lindsey Wilson today. He always Good gives me, him. He always gives me. Uh, trash on the sidelines when i talk to him so good kid happy to hear that i wish we had known about it but um that's great I, to hear i don't know if he actually signed or if they had a ceremony or anything but uh but he is he's faxed it in okay if they still be use a blue fax Raider. machines yeah. does anybody still use fax machines for this i don't think Man, they I do. don't i don't know what they do nowadays they probably just take a picture of it and text it back like here's a yeah here's a text yeah um i've been fired that way before so maybe it does work you've been fired via fax no via a, a text with a picture of a oh. termination notice yeah, mm-hmm. yeah that was, <laughs> so it's, it's that was the official method of as anything yeah sure hey <laughs> uh, i'm not getting hey, paid by I've those folks anymore so you know i guess it worked <laughs> <laughs> I stopped coming to work. Yeah. I've been fired on the phone, so, you know. <sighs> Man, that was that was good. <laughs> Tell you, Austin P has had a really good day. Um they they they've come up with some some really big signings. Kellen Stewart out of Terry, Texas. Ooh. Uh he was a quarterback and was district MVP. 
And well, that's interesting that you say that because Baylor quarterback um, Neilan Jean announced last week via Twitter that he was committing to Austin P. So, well, he, Stewart is a little um, he's a little more dynamic or as a uh, as a runner, I think. So I'm not mm-hmm. sure if he's going to play quarterback because he was pretty well a his threat was definitely his legs more so than his his okay. arm. Well, that's that's interesting. And um, I had someone on Facebook last night that was warning me that Austin P was supposed to have a make a really good showing today. So that'll be worth keeping an eye on under their new coach. Yeah, and they really have so far. I mean, they're they're getting some some big big name kids. Um, as far as that, you know, the, the three star level is concerned, which is where you get most. Um, Jahan Ward out of Colquitt County. He's a defensive back and is, you know, very highly sought after at the, at the FCS level. Uh, they're, they've got um, <clears throat> big time playmaker Tay Gaden. He's a uh, he, he's been six three one eighty four wide receiver out of Mangum, Louisiana. Uh, you get a six three guy, you know, on the outside playing, and you you've got some some serious threats there and then Harrison Wilkes out of Tennessee he uh, from Houston mm. lineman so have not seen it come across yet but I'm sure um if it's not official it will be Gunner Stockton a name some folks around here are familiar with <laughs> the quarterback from Rabin County Georgia um who had been committed to South Carolina flipped about a week and a half ago and is Expected to stay home and sign with the Bulldogs. Um, Bulldogs, they, um, Rabin County defeated Columbia Academy back in the latter part of the season. And that's kind of how that kid came on our radar. But he was like the number two dual threat quarterback in the country in this class, I think. So um, I guess with the coaching change over at South Carolina, he decided to, um, going a different direction. And sometimes kids will do that with coaching changes. And sometimes with coaching changes, schools <laughs> will do, do that. that. <laughs> and yeah. that was the case for longtime Tennessee commit. Um, and now I can't think of the kid's name. Rock um, Taylor. Rock Taylor. That's right. Wide receiver out of Oxford. Out of Oxford. Um, the last, the last time Oxford had a rock, come out it was rock thomas who played running back at auburn before leaving there and going to jacksonville state and leading that team to almost beating auburn (laughs) and uh then went on to play briefly on some practice squads in the nfl but rock taylor uh, apparently tennessee pulled the kids offer yesterday apparently Um, that depends on who you ask well, and that's that's possible. Uh, what we have seen, I've seen a lot, and the story even mentions that he was, quote, on track to qualify, but maybe necessarily wasn't fully qualified, which I can see being an issue when you have very limited spots uh, with a COVID year and that sort of thing. But Tennessee should have a lot more spots than anybody else. So I'm not sure... Uh, who to believe, what to believe, or anything. 
That's a, that's the thing right there in situations like that, that there's so much that we don't know, but bottom line is it's not a good look for the new coaching staff to come in and pull a kid's offer less than 24 hours before signing day. Especially when he's been committed for a very long time. Yeah. And, you know, 6'2", 225 kind of sounds Kelly Washington-ish for UT. And clearly they, everybody thinks this kid can play. I, I've not heard this morning what he's wound up doing, but – I mean, at a receiver, are, are they that loaded that they could not take this kid? No. <laughs> um, that's the bottom line. They're not. And if Rock Thomas, like I said, if Rock Thomas doesn't have a spot on your roster or in your signing class, then you're either about to sign a bunch of five stars or you're going to be very, very sorry that that's what you decided to do. Um, it's not like you can't use – kids of his size in any offense you run. That's the thing. Yeah. You know, I, I was having a conversation via text and, and that was put to me that, you know, if this is a dual threat quarterback and you're going to run pro style, then, then you could see something like that. But like you said, receivers pretty much fit anywhere. And, Again, a, a a big guy that can run like this one apparently can, you know, he, he's going to fit in a lot of places. There, there's a lot of things you can do with them, and why why this coaching staff would have decided to go in a different direction from him is, is interesting, and, and I think it all comes back to there's a lot we don't know. I think that's the, the thing. Now, speaking of new coaching staffs, JP, what are your thoughts on new passing game coordinator and quarterbacks coach Joey Lynch and offensive coordinator slash wide receivers coach David? Is it Ray? It is Ray. Uh, I correct. assumed it was Ray. Yeah. Um, R-A-I-H. Yeah. By the way. I, uh, I like kind of the outside of the box, and that was something that Clark Lee mentioned uh, on his Twitter uh, feed yesterday regarding the the announcement of the hire of Ray that he wants somebody that does think outside of the box. You know, wide receivers coach from the Cardinals. Uh, you think traditionally probably not somebody that's going to be an offensive coordinator at a Power Five conference. Um, but uh, you know, I don't have a clue what kind of recruiting. Uh, I think based on his experience, maybe not as big of a recruiter as you might expect to be. However. Um, I think the makeup of Clark Lee's staff in other capacities probably make up for that and are more specialized for that. And he appears to have a very calculated uh, place for everything that he's doing. And, um, again, we talked about it outside of the box. That's a constant theme. And I think Vanderbilt is one of those places that has to do it that way. I like it. I don't think there's any question that Vanderbilt has to do it that way just because conventional – doing what everybody else is doing doesn't really allow them to, to gain ground on everybody else. I don't think, I think they've got to be imaginative and creative and, and try to do some things a little bit differently. And so maybe this is, you know, a step in that direction. Now, when you're doing things differently, you, you've got to be successful doing them differently. So hopefully that will work out for, for coach Lee and, and the Commodores. 
Yeah, I, I'm I'm interested because defensively he's gone with uh, Jesse Minter, former Georgia State defensive coordinator and uh, Baltimore Ravens coach. So um, you know he that that is a a huge get, and he's Clark Lee has gone and rated the NFL for his coaching staff, which I think is very unusual because how many of these guys know how to recruit, right? I think though, when you go into somebody's house and say, I've done it at the highest level, that's going to be a form of recruiting. I mean, that's going to get some guys' attention that, that have those type aspirations. So there's that. I don't think they're going to have an issue Selling, I think they're going to have an issue with the process. Hmm. You know, I mean, obviously, Mentor was a was was a defensive coordinator at the college level, uh, but you know, that being said, David Ray hasn't been in college since 2007 when he hmm. was a lowly guy at UCLA, so probably never left campus to recruit. So I, I'm just curious how some of these guys are going to feel trying to get out and dealing with the, the process of recruiting, especially in a pandemic and that sort of thing. Maybe, maybe that helps acclimate them. Maybe that helps them because they don't have to get out. They can sit, you know, sit in the office and zoom with kids. I don't know. I'm just asking the question. <laughs> yeah. And, and I, and it's a valid question. I, I didn't mean to act as if it weren't. You sure. Know, um, I, I think it, if you've not recruited, I think that is a valid question. And, and, for a lot of guys, that's the big difference between the NFL and, and college football. A lot of guys would rather be in the pros because they don't want to recruit. So no, I think it's certainly a, a valid question. I, you know, kind of along these lines, uh, and I certainly don't know how the makeup of, uh, you know, power five conference staff or you know, power five conference coaching staffs are made up. I'm assuming, you know, everybody recruits, I would imagine within the program, but who, you know, you know, what percentage is it broken down? And with these types of hires, perhaps, you know, is is Lee setting up, okay, well, he's got kind of like a recruiting committee, and those guys are primarily responsible for recruiting. And then he's got, you know, his OC, perhaps his DC, are going to be primarily X's and O's and focus primarily on uh, on the field stuff. I mean, yeah, they can help out with the recruiting. Clark Lee, obviously the closer is the head coach and the CEO of the program. But I'm curious, is that something that could be feasible at a Power 5 conference if you break it down and say, okay, this group of coaches are going to be our recruiters. These group of coaches aren't going to do a whole lot of recruiting. Uh, they're going to focus on X's and O's. Is that doable? Does that work, you think? You know, I don't know if there are any limitations on the number of coaches you can have on your staff or who can or who can't recruit or anything like that. And and I probably should know that, but I don't. Um, so I can't really say if you could set your staff up in such a way that full-time on-field coaches can't have recruiting responsibilities. I'm not, I'm not real well-versed on how that works. What I expect, yes, you can. Typically what happens is you have, uh, there are position coaches are the primary recruiter. They're the first recruiters. And then it goes to, it's like a second 
interview with a company where your offensive coordinator or defensive coordinator will come in and say, Hey, here's what, here's where we see you fitting into our entire offensive system. And then your head coach is the closer. Uh, best closure in the game is Nick Saban. There's no question about that. Uh, and Clark Lee's going to have to be a closer. Uh, yeah. I mean, like a guy with that kind of, you know, personality how does he walk into well, a room and, and close families he does it every day though so it's amazing here's a question with Saban I've got you know obviously he had to get these athletes in on the forefront to build up this powerhouse of a program but now don't you think his reputation alone is enough of a closer a closure yes now he had yes. to get it to that point so he had to do something right in That's closing correct. but um I think you know, and, and I'm not diminishing what he does now. Uh, and it, he, it may be the exact same thing, but I would imagine if Nick Saban's sitting in your living room, that mere fact alone is probably good enough to, if he wants you, you better go. That's typically correct. It, it's like um, folks used to say about UT women's basketball and that kind of thing. They don't recruit, they select. You know, yeah. um, if, if Alabama is interested in you, very few folks say no, so it's understandable. I get it. So yes, that that's kind of how it works. JP is your position coach, then your coordinators, and then your head coach tries to uh, sell the rest of the program, uh, and and that's that's what I expect Clark Lee to be doing with with these coordinators. Is you know you're not going to have to go out a bunch. Your position coaches will be your primary recruiters, et cetera. So. I think it's going to work out well. I'm really excited. And I think because of Clark Lee's experience at Vanderbilt, I think he's going to be more involved in the recruiting process than maybe other head coaches are early on because you're going to have to sell these kids on Vanderbilt and what it takes to be successful at Vanderbilt. So I'm, I'll be curious to see how it works out. I think it's going to work out really well for him. I really do. I like I'm certainly excited. I'm certainly yep. excited to see, you know, um, you know, as Candace story, Lee said, you know, she, she knew the guy when he was sitting across from her and to bring in a guy like, um, a Clark Lee who has walked in the same footsteps as the guys that he's going to be coaching. I just think that's going to resonate in a way that nothing else has there in, you know, quite a while. I guess Watson Brown is the last Vanderbilt alumnus that has coached in that program or has served as head coach of that program. So I think you're right, Mo. Uh, I think um I think that's gonna um have an impact. It's got to have an impact. I mean, I don't I don't think there's any way that it couldn't. And so I'm I'm kind of excited to see how that does play out. You and me both. You and me both. All right. It's time to take a quick break. When we come back, it's Wild and Wacky Wednesday. We'll be right back on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint, with the weirdest and wildest news from across the world, right after this. When we're out covering sports in and around Murray County, communication between Maurice and I is absolutely vital to our success. When your business needs top-notch communication and local service, Covenant Technology is there and they are dedicated to helping your business succeed by ensuring open lines of communication to your clients and customers. Contact them today at 615-846-9898 or visit covenanttechnology.net.
Welcome back to Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, the sports talk show you've always wanted. Welcome back into Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Barn and Joint. It's time for Wild and Wacky Wednesday with the weirdest and wildest news from across the world. Brought to you by our friends over at JJ's Barbecue. JJ's Barbecue located at 900 Hatcher Lane in Columbia. Make sure to go see them as they are the oldest family-owned barbecue restaurant in Columbia. The best loaded potato soup and loaded baked potatoes you're going to get. Try their smoked wings. They are delicious as well. Speaking when you can of wild get them. And, yeah, when you can get them. Speaking of wild and wacky, uh, as it is National Signing Day, this may be one of the wildest stats I've ever heard. Uh, officially now, with uh, with that signing that Clayton Harris uh, so graciously told us about, uh, Alabama flipped run, number one running back in the country, uh, Kamar Wheaton, uh, from Oklahoma. With that, Alabama now has the highest rated class in the history of college football. Nick Saban signed 21% of all available five-star recruits. Come again? 21% <laughs> of all available five-star recruits are going to the University of Alabama. Now, one out of five, every five. If, every, if, if five of them remain in Alabama, I'll be shocked. But we'll see. Anyway. Better to have loved and lost. Exactly. <laughs> um, so real quick, a um, Amsterdam has officially decided to move its red light district out of the city center because the tourists suck. They're apparently bringing it's bringing out the worst in tourists, and so they've decided to move it out of the city center. Now, does that sound like something familiar around here? <laughs> hold on, hold on. The red light district, <laughs> right? Yep, is bringing in uh, tourists that the city doesn't necessarily like having around. Correct. Okay. I'm not sure what they. Imagine. I'm not sure what they expected. The type of clientele that would show up to a red light district. I wouldn't know. I'm just. I'm just. Asking. Theoretically speaking, yeah. Just it's just a question. Yeah. Oh man, here's my favorite one: a Florida man with the state of Florida tattooed between his eyes has been arrested. Yep. Tattooed between his identified. eyes. Yep. Exactly, yeah. He was arrested for marijuana possession in the misuse of 911 over the weekend when he called 911 looking for a ride home. Well, they gave him a ride. <laughs> Just not right, home. right to the police station. Um, he's now the poster child for Florida man because, you know, in his mugshot, we do see the state of Florida between his eyes. Uh, but oh, Matthew, nice. yeah, Matthew Letham of Port Ritchie, Florida, was arrested when he called 911 to try to get a ride home. That's, so. Uh, so is Some. is the Gulf Coast um, the um, you know the beautiful the white the eyebrow the right eyebrow is that right? Uh, that would be my my assumption. Yes. Yeah, the panhandle, so, uh, right eyebrow. Yeah, panhandle on the right eyebrow. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> That's amazing. 
Did y'all watch anything he, yesterday? He, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. He he is the epitome of Florida man, right? Exactly. I mean, he's the poster yeah. child. Mm-hmm. Not only did he do something stupid, he did it while having the state of Florida tattooed between his eyes. So, well done. That's it for Wild and Wacky Wednesday, brought to you by JJ's Barbecue, 900 Hatcher Lane. Go visit JJsBarbecue.com. That's barbecue spelled out with a C-U-E. You can visit them down on 900 Hatcher Lane. Check them out. You can visit us on Twitter at SM underscore TN Sports on Facebook, Southern Middle Tennessee Sports. You can watch this live. You can listen to it on the podcast if you miss any part of today's show. We appreciate you guys tuning in and joining us. Again, the podcast is available wherever you get your podcast. Apple, Spotify, does not matter. It will be available today. Don't forget sm-tnsports.com for local sports coverage from across the southern middle Tennessee area. It's hump day. We've made it through. We'll be hopefully back in the studio tomorrow. For Maurice Patton and our producer, J.P. Plant, I'm Chris Yao saying have a great day and stay cool, Columbia. Cool,